0: Okay, what's going on, guys? And welcome to a brand new episode of Energy
1: Russ, introduce the guest, man. We've got MMA journalism royalty straight from Vancouver, Canada. It's Mr. James
2: Lynch. James, how are you doing? Doing very well. You almost had it. It's Vancouver. I think you said Vancouver, but that's okay. I appreciate it. No, Vancouver. I can spell it for you. you V-A-N-C-O-U-V-E-R. Yeah, there you (laughs) go. I'm just giving you a hard time. So there you go.
1: Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. It's okay, man. Lynchy, you're the man. You're the man. H- did you watch the weekend's fights? I assume you did. How could you not?
2: I That's kind of my job. So, yeah, I did watch it uh, over the weekend. What what a night of fights. You know, it's funny because this card was like on paper when you lost the Ortega fight and yeah. uh, the Volkanovski fight and, and obviously, you know, some of the other changes on paper. You're like, eh, you know, this is like a two-card pay-per-view, but it really delivered. I, there was a lot of good performances on Saturday.
1: Yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. From start yeah. to finish, it, there was some top-of-the-range performances. Basmo, give us, give, us, give us the run of the show. What do you want to talk about first? Okay, well, on today's show, we will be
0: discussing all the action from the weekend's UFC 260 as Francis Ngannou is now the king of the universe, you'd probably say. Uh, also, we have to touch on the, the Jake Paul, Ben Askren press conferences as well because that's that went viral as well for good and bad reasons. And then finally, Bellator returns this Friday as the pound-for-pound pound number one in Bellator. Patricio Pippo is taking on Emmanuel Sanchez for the second time in the featherweight grand prix semifinal so there's a lot of things to discuss it's going to be very very uh, very very interesting things that we're going to be ta- talking about but uh we're going to start at the very very top francis Uganu is now the king of the uc heavyweight division james we brought you on here what did you make of that performance and did you actually did you actually think that francis Ngannou was going to win because obviously he lost the first time so and in the, in the rematch what did you think
2: I'm not going to call myself Mystic Lynch, but I did say Francis Ngannou second round knockout. If you watch my live stream on Saturday, I said it there. The proof is in the pudding, uh, so to speak. But uh, I was surprised just how dominant he was. Uh, I couldn't believe how much faster he was. The sprawl, like everything in the fight. This looked like a new Francis Ngannou. And of course, we haven't really got to see his body of work because his fights have ended so quickly. So um, I was very surprised by that. He just like, it was just like from the opening bell, just, you know, pressure, pressure. Stepe was backing up, um, just a really good job. And then of course, when he, you know, he hit and actually, you know, if you look at the replay of how he was finished, he actually sort of ran into that shot and you can't do that against Naganu. Um, Nagano obviously flatlines him and puts him out and, uh, just a really dominant performance and the type of performance that makes me think this guy could be a heavyweight champion for a while. I don't know how you guys feel, but I thought it was a really dominant win.
0: Yeah. Ross, what about yourself? Like Nganu, how long is this era going to last?
1: Yeah. I think the big question going into Saturday night was how much has Francis and improved, uh, in- since the first fight, and the answer is a lot. Um, we still don't actually know how much he has improved. Um, Stepe went in there, and he actually looked like an amateur compared to Ngannou And I know that might sound harsh, but Ngannou had him again on the ropes from the first bell. Um, I really thought if you went down the first round, and you know. You tell me someone won 10-9 before the fight, I would have went, oh, just probably won 10-9. He probably got a takedown in there or something. But nganu was throwing some heavy leg kicks. He got the sprawl in there. His boxing was on point. Despite being a nearly 30-pound heavier man, he looked the sharper of the two in there. He looked the more agile of the two. And as James said, I think um, Steve Bay landed one of his best shots on nganu Thought he heard him, went in for a bit of a kill of his own. And I think when Ngannou actually finished him and you see the way Stipe's legs ended up, I think that made it a very gruesome knockout. And I think Francis Ngannou could be the king of the heavyweights for a long time. He has opened up the betting favorite against John Jones.
2: With good reason. Yeah, I, th- I think that that's the type of win that really puts everyone on notice and being like, I don't know who beats him. Like, even Jones right now, I would pick Francis right now. I would have to, just after how he looked, so... Well,
0: uh, that's the thing, right? Obviously, Stipe he lost uh, his title against Daniel Cormier. Like, wanted to rematch them, won, and then like he won the trilogy. Like, Stipe Miocic is going home now. Like, and people are saying he's possibly the greatest ever heavyweight in the UFC. Like, he must now. Do you think like as he's going home now, he wants the the rubber match, James?
2: I don't know. I, I honestly don't. I mean, he's got a family. He's a firefighter. He has a lot of other things going on outside the cage. Does he want to take any more punishment? I mean, yeah, he won those fights against Cormier, but that, especially that second one, he was losing. His face was busted up. Does he want to go through that again? And, um, you know, I, I think, I think only time will tell. I think it's a bad idea if he tries to sit on the sidelines and wait for the winner of Jones and Naganu, just because, and we don't even know if that's going to happen. I'm sure we'll talk about that later, but, um, I, I think, I think if he wants to continue fighting, he should try and get in there when he can, and at least try and fight again this year because who knows how long he could be waiting but uh, at the same time you know he is you know in, in a lot of people's eyes the best heavyweight of all time so we'll see what he decides to do but uh, it's it, at the same time you're looking at kind of what you got outside the cage it, it might be more appealing to just call it a career right now we'll see
0: yeah ross what about you like obviously Steepes, he's been through uh, through the wars he's like 38 i think if it may possibly 39 he does have a life outside of fire. i know loads of people do but like he's also like a firefighter like do you do you think he he'd be like after seeing that knockout again, do you think he'd want to go back in and like do that? Because he also has a very young family coming through now as well. And he has all the belts. He's lifted the glory. Like, Or does he go for that one last payday? You know how people love that one last payday, Ross?
1: It, it's a bit of a strange one because if he didn't lose so dominantly, I would say, yes, he definitely did. did but he, he, he lost nearly every second of the fight without maybe bar one or two punches. Um, I think he's going to have to take some serious time away. At least and reevaluate how he would actually approach another Nganu fight. I think he came in there as if he was going to fight DC again. He came in light, he came in ready to go five rounds. When you're fighting Francis Nganu, you're going to need to put a bit more muscle on, I think, to be able to even compete with his power for the at least for the first you know five to ten minutes, for the first two rounds, and then hope Nganu gets tired. I think that's what all he can sort of do hope Francis Nganu gets tired. But in terms of him being the greatest heavyweight of all time, I know that's sort of set in stone for the moment. But if Nganou can get two or three wins uh, in this heavyweight division, he puts himself right up there because he's already got Junior De Santos, Cain Velasquez, Stipe Miocic, Alessar Overeem already on his resume. So, you know, if he can add a John Jones to that resume, he's right up there as one of the greatest heavyweights of all time himself in his short tenure.
0: James, is that the fight you want to see John Jones, Francis Nganou?
2: hundred percent they got to figure out this money thing pay the man you know I, I sort of support jones in this like this is a huge fight and um you know i think jones knows his worth but I, I can understand as well with the ufc where you know we're still technically in a pandemic like are they willing to fork out all this money if you're not going to get a full capacity crowd i mean we saw the full crowd is going to come up for the ufc 261 card but is that going to be the case if they do fight we'll have to see what happens but uh, there's a lot of moving pieces here but i really hope we see that and i'll be honest like you know, I know Derek Lewis has a win over Francis Ngannou. I don't know many people would be picking Derek Lewis in that rematch, to be honest, just with how good Francis looked in his last fight. So we'll see. I, I to me, top of the list would be Jones and, and Ngannou, just because I have no idea if Jones can take a Francis Ngannou punch. I really don't. <laughs> I tell many people can, but one person who might is you, Ross. Ross, who do you think actually wins <laughs>
0: that fight? Because the, uh, on our latest Instagram post, it's sixty percent Ngannou, forty percent Jones. Like, do you agree with the the energized fans?
1: at the moment I do. Um, if you take John Jones's last three fights and then you take Francis Ngannou's last three fights, and I always think you should sort of you shouldn't go much past that unless you're talking about somebody who's fought uh, before because you're looking at some of the latest body of work. You know, John Jones, he fought what, Dominic Reyes, he fought Anthony Smith, he fought um Tiago Santos. I mean, they all took John Jones right to the wire. They were very, very hard matchups for him. They, John Jones has become quite hittable In his last couple of fights Yes he's bulked up But I don't think we've ever seen an athlete Like Francis Ngannou He stood on that scales, 263 pounds of raw lean muscle And his power is undeniable And I think he would close the show On John Jones in the first round I think John Jones would actually be better Fighting someone a heavyweight first Feeling that power And then going for it But his name recognition probably doesn't let him do that yeah. James, well, and, and you, you risk
2: him not fighting Francis too. Like that's the issue. Mm. That's why, like Scott Coker mentioned, people were like, why are you doing Rumble and Yoel Romero right off the bat? It's because he's like, I don't want to risk that fight not happening. The UFC did that years ago. Do you remember when they were trying to get Krokop to fight Randy Couture? They gave him Gabriel Gonzaga, and that spoiled the plans. Krokop never fought for a UFC title, right? So sometimes you got to strike while the iron's hot. And I, I think I'd be very shocked if Jones had to fight someone else. I think the move right mm. now is to do the title fight, but that's just me.
0: We all know John Jones. Like he's his most effective when he's the the bully. But how are you meant to step into a room and like bully Francis and Gano? I, I I Russ it's it is John John Jones? Everyone saying John Jones is the greatest to ever dude do it. Where, like whether he was taking steroids or or he was taking drugs, like he was still going out and winning and winning these titles. He only ever lost once, technically because he uh got it was disqualified. But Ross, like, how does John Jones go about this? Like, cause this did like come on. We we we've seen Francis and in real life. He is. He is by far the most scariest person I've ever seen.
1: I, I think John Jones, if he's going to win against Francis Gano, is going to need to beat the heel that everyone says he is. I think he's going to have to go in there, maybe come out with one of those weird starts of the fight, crawling along the ground, maybe shoot in straight for a double leg. I think plenty of uh, oblique kicks uh, to the knee. I think he's going to have to do all that to derail Francis Gano. He should be the bad guy that everyone says he is, and he should fight every trick under the sun because put it this way john jones probably has the best fight oq mixed martial arts has ever seen maybe george st pierre could rival him for it francis and was going in there with one game plan it's an incredibly difficult game plan to stop but john jones i think he's gonna have to shoot in a double leg almost in the first round straight away get him down hold him down for the first round and i hope that's enough
2: to wear out and gany yeah. yeah. Do you I um, agree? I, I totally agree. That's the game plan. And, and I, and I, I agree as well, like play up the villain thing. People hate John Jones anyways, because of the steroid yeah. stuff, play that up as much as you can get in Francis's head. I think Sipe might've given Francis a bit too much respect. I mean, had he fought a guy that was going to get in his head and start talking trash, who knows how he'll react. Francis has never had an opponent like that. If you're John Jones, try and get in his head, try different stuff and, and just throw this guy off his game because that's the way to beat Francis. I think because he's that good. Yeah. And yeah. He, it
1: also might help his pay per view numbers because, John Jones has never broken one million pay-per-view buys. Obviously, him against Francis Francis will be big business. But if he's going to break the one million pay-per-view buys, he's got to be the person everyone wants him to be. He's got to be the bad guy.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I completely agree with that. Uh, lads,
0: um, Dana White alluded to that like, Conor McGregor versus Poirier is looking set to be June 10th, I think it is. July. July 10th. Uh, okay, as for UC 264. So where do you think like John Jones and Meotas could potentially fight? or and Ghanu. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. John Jones and Eganu. Where do you think or what card or what date were we looking? Like how much further into the future are we looking?
2: I don't think it happens next. I think there's too many hurdles to, to go through to get John paid the way he wants. I think you're gonna see Derek Lewis in Naganu. Um, and and that might happen in the summer, but it might even happen a bit later, like maybe towards like August, September, just because Francis has won the title. I'm sure he wants to take some time off and you know enjoy this. It's a big moment for him, you know, coming from Cameroon, and you know, we saw the videos of the the crowd reacting to that. I don't think Francis is in a hurry to defend his title, and I think he wants to wait out and make this Jones thing happen, and it's gonna be a lot of negotiating. But I have a feeling it's gonna be drawn out and you're gonna end up seeing Derek Lewis there. I hate to be the, the glass half empty person here but I just get that sense it's been this long since John hasn't fought in a while he's talked about going he- up to heavyweight for a while the financial thing should already be figured out why it isn't I have no idea I don't know whose fault that is is that the UFC playing hardball is that his management I have no clue and then here's the other interesting wrinkle in this who uh, who's Derek Lewis managed by first round same people mm-hmm. as John Jones so that'll get interesting too if Lewis ends up getting the shot over Jones is that going to strain the relationship with Jones in first round we'll have to keep an eye on that yeah Rusty, it's a bit of
1: funny one because Derek Lewis uh, sort of says he doesn't care if he gets a title shot. He's a
2: bit of a, an enigma in, in himself.
1: <laughs> but uh, look, John Jones has talked himself out of his out of his own belt at light heavyweight because of money, and he might talk himself out of a UFC heavyweight title shot. And um, one way to make sure you don't get any more money is by not fighting. Yeah,
0: Ross, is that next John Jones versus Ngannou for you? Because the, the title oh, of this thumbnail is going to be is Jones versus Nganu next. So like James doesn't think so. What do you think?
1: I honestly don't think it is either. If if I'm looking at it, you know, I feel like people like John Jones are seeing how maybe boxers are being treated and how much to say boxers have in their career going forward. And I think he feels like he deserves that. Now, John Jones is probably not the easiest character to deal with, probably from a business standpoint and also from an employee standpoint. I know you want to say he's an independent contractor, but let's call a spade a spade. He's a UFC employee. Um and I just feel like he'll play hardball and he'll play himself out of a title shot Dana White will happily play that hardball and go well you know what Francis Gani versus Derek Lewis is booked next so you can carry on waiting under the sidelines until you say that number that we have down on that page is the right number for you
0: yeah i say he's added a few more <laughs> O's onto that contract Ask after that like you're like Make like a ten million, not a million, but uh, uh lads, I, I'm just uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate and I'm gonna say like hopefully it's the next fight, you know what I mean? So uh, like class half full, some, I like it. Like you know what I mean? Like if you would have said no, I would have said yes. You know what I mean? We're here to not get along, James. You know that's why we bring on yourself. But uh, exactly, also, you guys
2: don't like me. That's really the truth of it, isn't it? No, I'm Oh,
0: no,
1: that's definitely not true. That's James. True. <laughs> one question I have to ask you is: Do you think Francis Ngannou, because he wins his fights in mere seconds, could be the most active heavyweight champion of all time?
2: Yeah. And, and also, you know, there's not the issue of him, uh, you know, like I said, having other things outside the cage, like with Stipe, like part of the reason Stipe didn't defend his title right away or get, you know, some fights was because the pandemic was going on and he had to be a firefighter and there's all this other stuff. Like you won't have to worry about that with Francis. Plus there won't be a pandemic. I mean, the pandemic should be on the tail end of it by the time he fights next. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, I think Nagano will be a lot more active, I would think.
0: All right. Um okay, we're gonna look at some other fights on the card as well. Uh Tyron Woodley went in again for Luque. He was coming off three fight uh he was coming off three losses in a row after like saying he was probably one of the greatest welterweights weights to ever do it. He lost to Vicente Luque as well. Now this was given as fight of the night, but um James just looking at Tyron's performance, like what do you think he has left in the tank? Because he's put nerdy forty now as well. What what do you think he has left?
2: Uh I think it's PFL or bust for Woodley. Um, because I don't think Bellator like a lot of people are like oh they will go to Bellator you know he has that relationship with Scott Coker have you seen the type of fighters that Bellator has been signing they're not guys on losing streaks with the exception of you all Romero which I think we can all agree you all Romero the only reason he's not in the UFC is because he didn't want to fight any up-and-comers and the UFC is like okay well we can't use you we've given you like five title shots so we got to move along but you'll <laughs> notice a lot of the signings are against uh, you know younger fighters or their fighters coming off wins Woodley has three losses that's not that appealing to Bellator and their welterweight division is pretty deep as it is so I don't think you'll see him go there PFL though he might join his buddy Anthony Pettis and try and win some money over there I think that's an option or it could be retirement I mean at 38 what are you really getting with Woodley at this point right he looked better to, uh, on Saturday believe it or not even though he didn't get finished in the first round but I mean you know he's taking a lot of damage he hasn't won a single round like what are you getting with Woodley at this point so I don't think there's going to be a huge market for him right now uh, as a free agent and he's definitely not going back to the UFC
0: yeah Ross what do you think about that Woodley was your man
2: Yeah, I love Tyrone Woodley. Uh, I thought he was absolutely brilliant.
1: Uh, Obviously, once he lost his belt to Usman, that seemed to break his will and break his spirit. You know, he went on and lost, what, 75 minutes of fighting uh, straight since that fight. Um, Look, and then I suppose he lost Luke there. He did give a better collection himself. I actually thought physically he looked in worse shape than he had uh, previously. He didn't look as jacked and as ripped as he normally does. Look, I think he should hang up the gloves if if he's financially set to do so. Um, He was a great fighter, uh, obviously UFC champion and maybe he could get back into doing his analysis work for the UFC if he goes and fights someone else that might hinder his future prospects afterwards
2: just because not the it. rap career though right we can agree on that yeah <laughs> I think goes no so please well. no more rapping please oh no more rapping God.
1: you can keep the TMZ show if you really want but no more rapping there, yeah, 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 yeah I, I, right
0: there. I think I was watching something before and uh, people that actually do rap they look at people who come in to rap at like over 30 and they're like what are you doing it's not meant to be it's not cool on we'll the streets you know it's, yeah. like if, it's like if a granddad starts doing a, a TikTok dance it's like granddad but uh, lads speaking of um, showstoppers Sean O'Malley was back he won by um, sorry he was TKO in the third round this was like this, this almost seemed like he was the matador and Almeida was the human punching bag what did you make of Sean O'Malley's comeback James because um, we had it we had uh, Phil O'Connor on the show last week and he's he's not really too sure about the Sean O'Malley hype train what did you sort of make of Sean's performance first of all and also second of all him as a, he's a, as an enigma
2: couple things uh I thought he had an A+ plus performance I mean he got the finish he looked pretty dominant in that win but it is Thomas Almeida right we're not it's not the Thomas Almeida that was you know before he fought Cody Garbrand, that Thomas Almeida it's the Thomas Almeida that's taken some damage had a lot of injuries I mean even though he's you know under 30 he's, he looked like a 30 year old in there he looked very slow uh you know he's, he's lost a step by the by the looks of it and that could be a variety of reasons so while the win was great O'Malley did everything he needed to do look at who he beat right he's it's a guy who should not be in the top 15 so where does O'Malley fit um it, it's really sort of tough to say I know Dominic Cruz has expressed interest in a fight like that. I think that's a bad idea. Um, Cruz would make that O'Malley boring, I think. I don't think it would turn into a very exciting fight. I think there's two options for Sean O'Malley. There's Hafel Sunsau who is is on the decline for sure, but he's a ranked fighter. It's a winnable fight for him. We saw Sansao get finished in his last fight. I think O'Malley could do the same. That would be sort of a highlight reel fight to keep his momentum going and build him up. The other fight I'll throw you at is a wild card. And I know it doesn't make sense rankings-wise, but Marlon Morais. Let's just have some fun, guys. Let's see what happens here. How far gone is Marlon Morris in his career right now with losing those two fights by by TKO? Is it enough to beat a Sean O'Malley, or is it not? And conversely, for O'Malley, if he beats Marlon Morris, he's immediately a contender. So I think those are two interesting options as well. Uh, as far as is O'Malley like overrated or overhyped? We'll have to see when he fights one of those ranked guys because you know beating an unranked guy doesn't give us a huge indication of where he fits in that division.
0: Some good points there, Russ. What, what do you make of this now like? It's about time Sean O'Malley stepped into the top fifteen. Like he's on the main cards now, and like he needs to get into that top fifteen. What, else, what do you think? What do you think of Sean's performance? Uh, like just piggybacking off what James said there, and also what do you think is next for show, the Sugar Show?
1: Well, I do think it was possibly the best performance of his career. He really, really did set up his strike and look so clean. And uh, I think sometimes his arrogance really works against him. He, he nearly had a walk off KO once. Uh, He ended up getting a second time out, which I think uh, it does look very, very beautiful. And you do it. We all love a walk off KO, Alan Mark Hunt. But I think on this occasion, uh, he needs to make sure those guys are done uh, before he starts walking away, especially in the lower weight classes. I mean, those guys recover a bit faster. And the fight I want to see is I want to see undefeated Sean O'Malley. Get that scalp back and see if he can fight Marlon, Chido, Vera. I think that is a a great fight. Um, There's a bit of blood there. Why not make it a main event on a fight night and have them go five rounds?
2: Although they do You notice he didn't, he didn't mention him after the fight. Did you notice that? And I think yeah. Oh a no, I definitely that. noticed. I think that. he feels he's ahead of Chito at this point, based off that win on Saturday. And I think him fighting Chito, he knows there's a risk he could lose again. Whereas he could probably, like I said, right now with the clout he got on this huge card, getting that stoppage win, I think he can get a higher ranked opponent, and there'll be more of a reward in the end. If he beats Chito, Chito's 15. To like like you were just saying there, he's probably already top 15 as it is. So I mm. I mean I would love to see that rematch. I'm curious to see how it would go. But I think I think as a businessman and and you know kind of looking at his career O'Malley has a sight set higher we'll see and sorry yeah. to interrupt you by the way no no you're, f- you're fine reputation just, of being polite but just, sometimes I get out of character just
1: just, just <laughs> one question one question on sugar O'Malley do you think he will permanently until his stock part actually drops fight on the pay per views to increase pay-per-view buys? because it seems to be a bit of a spot from that he is one of the main card fighters on the pay-per-view do you think
2: that's still on purpose and he- will continue to see that trend Hundred percent. Just look at the fact. What was it last year? He sold those limited edition basketball jerseys that sold for like twenty thousand dollars. Like the the amount of sales total in like an hour. Like this guy is a commodity. Like he is a star for the UFC. It's very rare to have that because the UFC, as we know, does a terrible job promoting a lot of their fighters. It has to be a good self promoter, and that's what O'Malley's done. He's built a good brand. He's he's catered to the to the you know the Twitch and the YouTube like generation very well, and that's an audience that a lot of the fighters have not. Captured and O'Malley's got that in spades, so he's a draw. And you, he will be on pay per views going forward, you'll see that because he is he is a uh, moneymaker for the UFC. Yeah, yeah, this he weird. Up- he's almost well, like
0: the it, it's weird to say this because like we're not actually that old either, but he's sort of like he comes across a bit of a TikTok generation. He knows that oh, yeah, if he dyes his hair, it'll be more people will talk. It's he's very, very the new age, it's, like that's why we had him on the show before, like and we were both so bloody nervous, but like we knew we saw he was just sort of like that another new, new a fresh wave, the way Connor sort of was obviously different, but. There's uh it, it like more people are gonna be like him, I think, after this as well. And, so, and here's he, the
2: other thing with O'Malley, too. He's kind of playing up the heel role very well as well. That whole thing with Megan Anderson, like the fact that he didn't apologize, I'm not surprised at all. Like, he, A, he probably feels that way. And B, like he's going to have a section of the fans that don't like him, but those are the ones that want to see him lose. Right. So he's done actually a pretty good job of like creating this great brand and having people buy into the hype with his knockouts. And then you have the sector of the fans who are like, he's a misogynist, all this stuff. That, I mean, they would hate him anyways, but it doesn't matter. Like, he's actually, like, it's actually benefited his career being like that. Yeah. I love him or hate him. You have to watch him. And um, is he is he part of the,
0: uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's uh, he is uh, Vayner Sports. He just signed he is with now, them yeah. a couple months ago. Yeah,
2: Vayner he was sports. with Daniel Rubenstein before that. He left him, was manager for a little bit, and then he went to Vayner, I think, a month or two ago.
1: He, he is the perfect Vayner media sports person. He's oh a twitcher, he loves it. They're gonna blow him up. Gary's and gonna try and make him as big as Connor
0: 100, like no one, Gary. That's what Gary's
1: gonna do. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be his. Uh, uh, also, alumni of the show, Gary Vaynerchuk, our first ever guest, believe it or not. <laughs> um, so we started big. We started big. We started big. Um, <laughs> John O'Malley is one funky dude, but someone else who's a bit funky is Mr. Ben Askren. Did you see his press conference versus uh, Jake Paul? Yeah, and I about bits and Paul's pieces pants. of it.
2: Yeah. And, uh, I, I thought it was, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was like, I don't watch press conferences like that. I usually sort of just catch the highlights after. Cause there's going to be a lot of filler in there. Yeah. I thought Ben came away better than Jake did. I thought Jake and the whole thing with Masvidal calling, it's like, I think people are kind of over that. Like did you see Ben's tweet to Jorge uh, over the weekend where he's like, "Jorge, look, I'll be honest with you. I made you famous. You got one lucky knee Like I kind of agree with him. I think 9 times out of 10 if he beats, if he fights Mossadall, that fight goes completely differently if Askren's able to utilize his wrestling. Um but no, I thought Askren came away great. Uh, I don't know if you saw the the Rocky promo that Askren put out as well that he had which was just very well filmed. It was very funny. Like to me Askren was the winner on the weekend. I think Jake, if anything, his he's got to work on his public speaking. It's not you didn't come across very good. Yeah. That was that was that was my perspective. He, he looked very yeah. nervous nervous, I thought. Yeah. because I think it's hitting him that, Hey, I'm actually like, not to say that Ben will win, but I, I think it's hitting him that like, Holy, like I'm, I've never really had to do this fight promoting stuff that much. It's one thing to say, you're going to box an NBA player, but to bo- you know, to box a, an actual martial artist, someone that's you know competed at a high level is very different. And Ben's, you know, he's no stranger to trash talk. I mean, he, he essentially made those fights with Mosswell that much more interesting with his, his trash talk leading up to it. So I think Jake was out of his element, to be honest, he's, he's actually going against someone who knows how to talk trash
0: yeah that, that, that's exactly what i thought as well the way um like ben Askren, jay paul I, I don't know if you saw this but jay paul and logan paul they both went to one of ben, ben askin's uh, wrestling camps so they know exactly who ben is you know what i mean obviously ben uh they would like they did wrestling they would have known the, the wrestler wrestlers Ben in um the olympics so like there is there has to be some sort of respect there as well and then everyone knows that uh ben's ben Askren is not the most sought after uh skill in um in mixed martial arts but i mean the Jake Paul stuff, uh, what he was saying to Ben, the way Ben didn't bite. And also he said, I can like, what did he say? He said it like, oh, I, I can commit, homicide you. I could commit homicide against you like right now if I wanted. And then uh, Jake didn't say anything. I think Jake's like too busy trying to come across
2: as Conor McGregor. And it's not really pulling it off because like, who did he beat? He beat no one. He beat like. Nate Uh, Robertson who's a retired NBA player like that's the other thing with this fight where people are kind of drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit too much Jake looked great in that fight don't get me wrong but he just beat an NBA player that's like you know like I don't even know what the equivalent would be but it's just like Ben's actually fought legit Ben took a shot from Robbie Lawler and survived and still you know say what you want about the finish but he still survived that I mean is Jake Paul Robbie Lawler he's not so it's I think you know people got to slow the brakes down a little bit on Jake Paul uh, in terms of that I
1: I think Daniel Cormier called it um, I I had the same vision myself when Ben Ashton was like pawed his face, and then like Jake Paul sort of went, Oh no, what did he do? And then like gave <laughs> like, sort of slapped him on the ass, or like, I, I, don't, I don't know what he went yeah, to get him the was so kidney. Wasn't that awkward? Really? It was awkward. very awkward. I was, it was like, awkward. like, I don't know what that is. And then I was like, oh, I think Ben Ashton's going to win now because, yeah, like, that's not what a fighter would do. And I just thought it was very awkward and very telling of Jake Paul's sort of aggression and um fight iq to be honest yeah yeah but he's taking
0: on someone who's not afraid of him at all like you know so that that must be really pissing him off no one's taking him seriously but i mean like like under like looking at it all like fair play for jake for getting into this situation i know obviously it was like ksi and logan paul that really blew it up but like i'm still interested to see what happened but as from looking at that press conference i'm less looking forward to it if you know what i mean but like i'm Mm -hmm. still Going to be keeping eyes on it because so is everyone else. Because well, it's the same if-
2: night as Whitaker and Gaslam too, right? Which is kind of a bummer because I really want to watch that. I mean, I'll probably just watch both, but it's uh, it's going to be so. In- like, I'm just intrigued to see what happens. Like, can Ben get his boxing good enough where he can beat a guy in Jake Paul, or does he does he do something crazy? Does he just shoot for a takedown just to screw the whole thing up? Like, he could do that. I mean, who knows, right? Like, it's I, the, the intrigue factor. It reminds me a bit of Chuck and Tito, to be honest, where it's like I have no idea what's going to happen. You know? Yeah, and then like Justin Bieber's performing. I think Snoop Dogg. Other people. It's just going to be a man- Seen it's so celebrity like, boxing in 2021 yeah. that's what it was people don't know this but celebrity boxing in the 90s w- had higher ratings than any of the UFC cards like people don't know how how big that was back when like you know you had like Joey Badafoucault and all these like celebrities with, <laughs> like no-name celebrities boxing each other but it's huge it's this is the 2021 equivalent of that that's what it is yeah, I even think like, Barstool Sports are doing stuff like this. And then, then oh, also uh, I, Rock and Rowdy. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the thing they do. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, and then, like, uh, then it came out that Logan Paul was meant to fight Floyd Mayweather. That's cancelled, but now he's going to be in the WWE in a few weeks' time.
1: Like, like The world has just gone crazy. Oh, oh, I actually was saying to Barry on the phone there the other day, I think WWE is the perfect place for the populace. It's It's not real. They can make them win and they can become bigger superstars and they can almost direct traffic in their own in their own light and that's, that's their audience too—is
2: the younger youtube audience right like a lot of the pro wrestling fans for the most part i would think are younger people right so that's gonna go a line like everyone knows yeah. who jake paul is you know it's, it's just yeah. one of those things so Cosmo, yeah. are, are, are we looking at Tour this weekend
0: yeah uh, lads, who do you think's gonna win as of right now jake paul or ben askin i'm gonna say ben askin i'm taking ben too all right i'm gonna have to pick take Jay that paul, underdog lads. money not you what you should have picked jake paul to give me the ben askin shout but i mean that's <laughs> jake paul or for life uh okay <laughs> what okay lads bellator is finally back it's been ages we had big john and punk on a while ago and we were like telling them how much we were looking forward to this but like it's it's a great idea from them to make the pound for pound number one uh patricio people fighting in the featherweight grand prix semi-final against emmanuel sanchez bellator 255 uh james before we get into the card right what do you make of the way bellator are like right friday night under the lights is our night
2: I like it. Um, I, I think it's, you know, that, that they used to be on Fridays back in the Bjorn Rebney days. I, I like that, that idea. It doesn't go ahead. Like there was nothing worse. Like when Scott Coker first came in, when you'd have to flip back and forth between Bellator and the UFC. Um, so I like the Friday night time slot. I like that they're on showtime. I don't like that. We have no way to watch this in Canada. Like guys, you're dropping the ball here. Huge audience here in Canada. There's no TV deal streaming deal that I know of. I've messaged a promotion. I still, at the time of recording this, have no idea if we can watch it. So hopefully they can fix that up because do you want us to illegally stream? Like I have to do my job. I I have to figure out a way how to do that stuff, so uh, hopefully, it doesn't come to that, but yeah, that's that's my only gripe But other than that, everything's uh, good. I'm happy with the Friday time slot,
1: Ross. Yeah, Friday, Friday nights, absolutely, especially on Showtime. I think, um, they didn't come back for a very long time in 2021. Um, I, I was like, Jesus, is, like the promotion going under, or what? You know, what I mean, these were the questions you were yeah. asked yourself, and then the deal with Showtime sort of made sense. And obviously, they're holding out to get the deal with Showtime. I hope this is uh, improves their production and um, for the entire show. I do think. Their fighter walkouts are actually better than UFC fighter walkouts easily. But, like, uh, bar that, I think you know, UFC sort of takes over their um pre fight stuff and their in depth dives with fighters. But hopefully, Bell Tour will get more into that because Showtime can tell a story. So, hopefully, we get a few stories told. I am looking forward to how good this April start of May is going to be for Bell Tour. You know, they have a full roster to play with, which is lovely. And we're going to see some very high level mixed martial arts on Showtime.
0: Yeah, so here we'll start off with the the main event, uh, Patricia Pippo, the champ champ is taking on Emmanuel Sanchez for the second time. James, what are you expecting here? Like a Pippo, he's the face of Bellator MMA right now. Like what, what do you sort of expect is because the winner takes on AJ McKee. That's the the, the other the, face. The other face is, the, yeah, like, I mean, a Pippo AJ McKee final is, is what Bellator definitely want.
2: 100%. And I don't think it's going to be easy. If you remember that first fight between Pipple and Emmanuel Sanchez, Pipple got by the skin of his teeth in that one. And I, I am picking him here. I had a chance to speak to both fighters before the matchup. Uh, Pipple did his whole camp in Brazil. Uh, Sanchez, obviously, at Rufus Sport and doing most of his training out there. So we'll see. Uh, Sanchez is very much improved. You saw that in the Daniel Weichel fight in his last outing. He absolutely dominated Weichel, whereas their first fight was, was very close. Um, but Pipple's just, I mean, what can you say about this guy? Knocking out Pedro Carvalho, someone I know you guys know quite well at SBG. Um, you know, finishing, uh, you know, Michael Chandler, which how good does that win look I know, yeah. you know the shot was shot was a little bit weird but he still got the job done in that one um I'm picking Pitbull I have to just to, with his body of work and the fact that this guy only seems to lose decisions if he does lose and it's very close I think he goes out there puts on a clinic and I think he either gets a late finish or he just squeaks out a decision just like the first fight but I think it's going to be uh, even more competitive than the first one but I think Pitbull will, will get it done just slightly on the judges scorecards
1: Russell. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very interesting match because, you know, Manuel Sanchez has great cardio and, like, he can go the full five rounds at he's a very got a high pace and he's got a great chin, which, like, if you're looking for someone who is the guy to beat Pitbull, it's maybe that with, you know, high-level wrestling. And Sanchez's wrestling isn't too bad either. But uh I do think um Pitbull will get the job done. He 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 is what it's exactly what it says on the tin. He is a Pitbull. he's in there for the finish at all times, and you only have to give him a small open. He will take it. He's got power in both hands. Uh he's got good jujitsu as well. I think um maybe a fourth round knockout, I think, for pitbull.
0: This time I'm gonna just agree with you, lads, because uh, for the sake of Bellator, especially here in Ireland, like uh people want to see the Highest of the high, and people that don't know, and Adrian McKee defeated Brian Moore before, and Pipples, like the, the face of Bellator. Like, these guys need to be fighting for more people to be interested in Bellator. It's just the way it is, you know, lads. But, uh, lads, there's a couple other names on this card as well. Like, um, is but who are you looking forward to seeing as well, barring the main event? Uh, James, we we'll go to you first, but.
2: This is not me mispronouncing anyone's name. Usman Nurmagomedov. That's not Kamar Usman and Habib Nurmagomedov. It's just Usman <laughs> Nurmagomedov. I'm very curious to see uh, his fight against uh, Mike Hamill. Mike Hamill moving up a weight class in this one. Uh, Mike Hamill, if you remember miss weight in his last fight, he's got another opportunity. I'm actually talking to Mike in about 15 minutes. So curious to see what he has to say about the camp, but looking forward to Usman Nurmagomedov. I'm also really excited. This fight is flying completely under the radar. Definitely a UFC level fight. Neiman Gracie and Jason Jackson. I've been very high on Jason Jackson for a while. This guy was, if you remember, was on contender series a couple of years ago busted his ankle, didn't get, it was off for a while, came back, fought in LFA, I think. And then Bellator signed him. And I thought that was a miss by the UFC because Jason Jackson at a Sanford MMA, one of Gilbert Burns and Vicente Luque's teammates. This guy is unreal. Neiman Gracie switching camps now at Kings MMA. So we'll see how that, uh, if that changes anything. But I feel like the winner of this fight is going to fight Douglas Lima, I think next, because these guys are outstanding. And this has got fight of the night written all over it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I do love that fight as well. I think it's a, definitely a contender matchup in the welterweight division. Uh, for me, I, I'm going to go with the big dogs, Matt Mitrione fighting Terrell Fortune. Um, no, that fights
2: off. Uh, Terrell Fortune's it? now fighting Jack May. Remember Jack May? He's oh, been in the UFC. He's. he's I do he's remember him. Um,
1: yeah. all time dad bod. <laughs> 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 I, 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 well, you know what? I've got to still say I'm looking forward to that one because I'm looking forward to the Ter- Terrell Fortune yeah. uh, side of it. Um, I'm still very intrigued to see how far can he go in this game. He's one of those top uh, wrestlers that Bellator picked up about three or four years ago, and let's see, let's see if he can still do the business. Um, I- I'll be very interested to see that. Uh, In a division where the champion probably doesn't exist anymore because Ryan Bader is tied up in that light heavyweight uh, tournament. So it could be 2022 before we see a light uh, heavyweight title fight at Bellator.
0: Yeah. Uh, also, lads, look out for him. Magomed Magomedov. All uh, oh, the 17-1. tiger, of course. Yeah, yeah. he's seventeen and one. His only losses against Peter Yan, and then like Peter Yan beat him back. Uh, we had a we had a striking coach on there before James. He's a uh, he's Irish. He's from Donegal. <laughs> like I asked him uh, if he had be Aljamain Sterling, would he have called out Magomed Magomedov for a trilogy in the UFC? <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, that, like that that. And then obviously shout out this weekend, Cage Legacy. Uh, we're supporting Irish. Uh The Sorry, how would you explain, Ross?
1: Irish grassroots. MMA. Irish grassroots. Sorry, yep.
0: excuse me. Yeah. So that's going to be this Saturday. So there's Bell Tour Friday, Saturday, Uh just everything. It was. Uh, it's going to be. Uh, it's another big week of Irish and mixed martial arts around the world. Also, we're putting out our face-offs on this week as well. We had two lads fighting in the light heavyweight division, and uh, they're, they're they wanna, they want to they want to bang, bro. So make sure to check that out. But James, before we let you go, uh, can you plug your stuff and uh, let let everyone know where they can find your work?
2: I work for a lot of outlets. First off, thanks for having me on, guys. Sorry I was late again, but uh no, great, you're, great, great, great chat with you guys. It. Really, uh, really appreciate it. Uh, Lynch on Sports, Twitter, Instagram, easiest way to find me, and YouTube, youtubecom slash sports. I put all my interviews and playlists on there because I work for so many outlets, so you guys can find them all in there. I mentioned I uh, interviewed both Patricio Pipple and Emmanuel Sanchez, so check those interviews out. Also talked to Rob Font last week. Talked to Jack Hermanson ahead of the Edmund Shabazian fight. Talked to Sodiq Yusuf, who's going to be in the co-main event of next week, and also talked to Valentina Shevchenko last week as well. So check that out all on my channel and appreciate the support and thanks for having me on again no, no
1: problem Um, we don't put our stuff out live so no one can tell you we're late which oh. is fantastic <laughs> say it anyways
2: now <laughs> yeah. i look like a big jerk you should have told me it. I mean, that's <laughs> okay. it's, all right, it's all right we always look like jerks man it's
1: great uh, what's called our favorite canadian MA journalist i've never even heard of that fellow w- li- i've never heard of that fellow from the little mermaid
0: there we go there we go <laughs> uh okay so guys make sure to check out james's work as well he's like uh, he does live streams everything and uh, it's great to see someone who's so passionate about it producing content also i like the way you put those videos out with the fighters giving their predictions as well because i remember picks, yeah they're yeah, popular I, yeah, i'll because, have
2: i'll have one on uh, marvin vittori and darren till out uh, the second part out uh, later today at the time we're recording yeah. this
0: no i remember you put what you had one and it was actually like hyper recommending one of our videos and then it was when like Dylan Warren was called out by Jake Paul, it just kept pushing it. It was crazy. And then that's and then obviously we've been have been in contact ever since. And then now is the perfect time to get you on. And then uh I'm sure we'll get you on many, many more times as well. But you're doing great stuff over there in I'm flying the Canadian flag. But well, Ross, anything else to say before we uh wrap things up.
1: No, um James, thanks a million for coming on. Go knooks If you are watching this video, make sure to like, share, subscribe. And as always, one last thing. Where, where's James from? Vancouver.
2: I'd uh, stay. He energized. nailed it. He nailed it. There you go.